Welcome to episode four of the EDMS podcast. Hey there, hello, and welcome, and thanks for tuning in to episode four of the EDMS podcast, your monthly EDM discussion group. My name is JT Fails. I am your host. I am the founder of the EDMist blog. We have a very special episode this week. We've got a really special guest. If you've listened to the last two episodes of the podcast, you already know his name. It's Jason Andell. Jason is a producer and DJ based in Edmonton, Canada. He dropped his debut artist album last year by the name of Urban Monks. It's out on Silk Music. It's an amazing album and so great. I actually placed it on my top five albums list of 2015, along with Above and Beyond, Madeon, JTech, and Jack U. And Jason Nandell, just the five of them. That's how good it is. I am super psyched to have him with us. So, hey, Jason. Hi. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This is great. All right. I've got a bio of yours here. I'm going to read that out. Canadian-based artist Jason Andell is the very definition of an enigma. With over 20 years of music under his belt, stretching from his debut artist album, Urban Monks, which charted on Beatport in the top 10 across six different genres, all the way back to his beginnings of classical violin growing up, he's studied and continues to master sound in all capacities. Within those years, he's worked in the industry covering as many bases as possible, from sound designer, mastering engineer, record label A&R, live sound tech, and DJ. Paired nicely with his graphic design work makes for a highly skilled and holistic artist. Currently, he's best known for his original music, with his unique sound design, as well as his monthly host mix on Silk Music Showcase, an incredible genre-bending mega mix as a true work of art which continues to set him apart as a master of the craft. So let's start out. I'm going to ask you the question I ask everyone, Mm -hmm. which is, how did you get into electronic music? 
Well, that started fairly early, actually. As you had mentioned, I, I started with classical violin, and uh, so I was doing that in, in elementary school and, and beyond that. But right around, I'd say, uh, grade five, I, uh, I started hearing sounds of, uh, you know, Eiffel 65. Yo, listen up, here's the story about a little guy that lives in a blue world. And all day and all night and everything he sees is just blue, like him inside and outside blue his and uh, and just <laughs> yeah just finding those very electronic digital techno sounds as everyone called them at that point right and right. It, was um, all, it was all techno yeah and so i i mean i burned out that cassette single like you wouldn't believe and from there yeah i was just finding more pieces of electronic music and, and synthesizers and figuring out like how how they made those sounds in the first place. And that launched me well into where I am now. I guess the the real tipping point was when I found Tiesto's Adagio for Strings. being that it had that classical feel to it and and this very orchestral side of things mixed with the electronic and that was the perfect crossover uh, to get me into where I am now. So you went to school for music, is that correct? I did, yeah. In uh, I went to the Art Institute of Vancouver and that was honestly just to fill in the gaps. I mean, I'd already been producing for, for several years. Um, I think it was around eight years before that. And it's really helped on the technical side, I think. Like, I had already, the creative side, I was already doing that for so long, and I needed the, the technical expertise to really get the sounds in my head out exactly as I wanted them to. And so the schooling was, was a perfect opportunity. And it was actually uh, even cut short. I only did about a, a year and, and a quarter. But that was enough. But that was enough for me. That's awesome. So let's, uh, let's talk about your music, and let's start with the song we came in on, which is Urban Monks which mm-hmm. is also the name of your album. Can you tell me about why you chose that name for your whole opus as opposed, as opposed to uh, just this particular song? So the album came out on Silk Music. So it was on the Arrival Division there. And I, um, I wrote Urban Monks as a track, and it was very different. Like, it's, it's glitch hop. I, w- I was producing trance mostly for, and Progressive House for, for Silk. And so I wrote that with no intention of actually sending it to them because it was just so different. Hmm. I had planned on on writing an album and we didn't have any plans but then Silk did approach me about doing an album and being that I already had started that and was already kind of building this uh this world and this idea in my head I thought that this was the perfect starting point to continue on. I feel really strongly about the the message and, and what I wanted to to go with. I'm a very introverted person and and so the monk's aspect of that was you know, that side of things where it's like, I'm a lot of the time I'm removing myself from social situations and just staying home, working in the studio. But at the same time, I'm within this, you know, metropolis and this city where, you know, it's so very connected and so rapidly fast paced, you know, social media, we're connecting all the time. And it was this perfect connection between those two ideas. 
so I just I ran with it. I started putting that more into the more into the future with more technology, with these ideas, and creating sound design that really reflected that. And so, so was this the the first song you made towards that uh, that idea of the the secluded person within today's city? Yes, yeah, and that started everything from from the rest of the album. That was that hmm. was the starting point. I also wanted to make something so unique and different that couldn't ever be recreated. And I showed this track to, to people that were close to me, and it really just hit on such a visceral level with with everybody who didn't even you know listen to electronic normally. They were connecting with this track, and I thought that right, I, it's I got really, such a powerful groove to it. Yeah, thank you. I I it really hit so many bases, and I knew I had something that was really unique and really universal, and and it just built from there. So it sounds like this track hasn't changed very much since its original demo. Not at all. Wow. So I want to ask you about um about the album because it it seems to me to be a concept album. Yes. The thing is, it's not a vocal album. It's mm-hmm. instrumental. There's no there's no words on it. So I want to know more about the concept behind it because you have really intriguing titles on a whole bunch of your tracks, and you would think that if if they all take place in the same world, so mm-hmm. to speak, there would be a sort of consistency there. To me, they each they each sort of tell their own specific story. But as far as I can tell, I can't really piece together what world they belong to because you've got this track you brought up earlier called uh, Walking with the Colossus. Mm -hmm. So that puts me in a fantasy world, right? And Follow the Firefly Lanterns, same thing. It's a very evocative, uh, very beautiful image. But something like, you know, Nocturnal Introvert and We'll Build It Here, you know, they could be grounded in fantasy or reality. So do you see the songs on this album as part of you know, one world and one story, or are they each little pieces of a, of a more loosely connected whole? Yeah, so they're definitely all from, from one world, from one universe. And the way I kind of describe it as a theme for everything is uh, organic-infused cyberpunk. And Wow. <laughs> I need to unpack that for a second. Organic-infused cyberpunk. Yeah. Okay. So I like the futuristic, high-tech... Uh, augmented reality world of cyberpunk, but it's a little bit too noir for me. You know, like you mm. you look at say like Blade Runner, and and that and it's very dark and it has that edge to it, which I like. But there's this other contrasting side of things that I really wanted to bring into that world, which is this very organic, um, life based world with you know trees and stones and. Um, and everything there mixed with this high futuristic tech side of things. I think the best example when when you look at like just things that really inspired me. Um, have you seen Elysium? No, I have not. All right. Well, there's this one scene in there. Uh, at the end of the movie, there's this. You're on Elysium, which is the the space station, and within a factory where they're making you know robots and everything. There's you know cherry blossom trees. With you know the petals slowly blowing through this this factory and all mm. of the uh, all of the hallways and everything that you walk down, there's a lot of plants and and even in the control room of the the security center, you know there's there's these you know trees and, and everything within the desks um, because it was you know that's the high class thing in that world and so it was this combination this juxtaposition of those two concepts and I really loved that that idea same thing with um 
the movie Oblivion. Um, mm. And that there with, you know, you have basically two people on the entire planet and it was very overgrown and uh, isolated with these beautiful landscapes, but still very high tech within that. And so mm. these are just, you know, a couple of the the inspiration points that really fit into that world. And so when going back to the couple of tracks that you mentioned with, you know, Walking with a Colossus, that's not necessarily fantasy. The Colossus aspect is a huge mech that then is mm. able to, you know, guide you through the forest. You're going through this entire world with these big machines that are able to, you know, move things out of your way and and do that. And that puts that tech spin on it within that that world. Follow the Firefly Lanterns is not it's not necessarily actual real fireflies, but a set of technology to then light your way through the forest by putting out these artificial micro drones to then light wow. through. And that's the the aesthetic, the the vibe, the the world that I'm putting everything in. So what really fascinates me about what you're telling me is that you see your songs not only as a progression through time, but a progression through space. Yes. To yeah. you, you are building like an acoustic environment that the listener is not only in, but is moving through. Absolutely. And that goes right down to the sound design of everything. So Walking with the Colossus and Firefly Lanterns is, are the best examples of this because uh, Walking with the Colossus, the intro of that track and... and points uh, in the middle and after it. I wanted to have these footsteps, but it had to feel like it was percussion as well. So there's these big orchestral bass drum sounds that I put an incredible amount of reverb on and put them lower in the mix so that it felt like these giant steps were being taken. Meanwhile, it fit on a rhythmic level, it fit as percussion, and it was figuring out how to, uh, how to sonically build a world that was recognizable to something that you would possibly hear in real life as sound effects, but use that as percussion. I mean, I, I can't even tell you how much I've actually sampled of, of different you know, leaves and twigs and used that as part of my percussion layers. I spent an entire session with a friend cutting up uh, apples and just breaking them and twisting them and use that as 
uh, a percussion element too. So it really comes down to that organic side of things, right? The organic infused part of the cyberpunk world and, and applying that directly, actually physically taking the organic elements and putting it into the digital world of my workstation. So I, I wonder, thinking again about this um, progression through space, I, I, I'm thinking here about the structure of your songs mm-hmm. and the arrangement. And I think generally, I, I think most of them, you know, you have uh, this initial phrase, which, you know, and then and then a break, uh, and then the initial phrase repeats, and then it sort of builds to a climax. Do you, do you see that uh, repetition of the original phrase or the original verse as as uh somehow related to this progression through space are we like circling back on where we came from or uh is it really all just more about building towards a climax well i've already covered uh just like where i I pull inspiration from which is which is films and, and movies and everything and when you're writing film scores there's themes so specific characters and villains will have, you know, a, an actual theme and a style of, of uh, like a tune for them. And then that's manipulated many, many times throughout the entire movie. The best uh, example of that would be Star Wars. You know, there's... Sure, I can think of Darth Vader's you have theme very, right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have very distinct themes. So by doing this on the album side of things, it's the same capacity, just in a smaller time scale where hmm. the chorus of it or the drop or whatever you want to call it that theme then happens several times in different capacities and so hmm. by putting it again it then creates a variation it's it's something clearly different that's happening within the story but it still is the same uh people moving through the world i guess or the same situation but just with a different spin on it there's you know a different environment all of a sudden something comes into the environment that changes it and it's how that then changes and adapts to it but this is the process that i i'm always considering and and pulling from because this happens in our normal structures of what we enjoy as entertainment as a whole so are are out of curiosity do any of the themes that come up in some of the songs on the album reoccur in others and, and putting aside awe parts one and two, which which seem <laughs> yes. to be uh, very clearly related. Um, honestly, though, I th- I feel that's the best example. I think the the other side of things is not necessarily the m- melodic themes, but the sound design itself. I really took a lot of the same parts from, or you know, the the sounds that I created initially, and then put them over several several tracks to keep that consistent where specific uh, layers of, you know, snares or percussion or kick drums especially, for the most part, the, the kick drum is, is the same bass layer uh, for everything. And then on top, every track has its own unique spin on it where I, I layer it with other things. But for, mm. that, for the most part, for this album specifically, I kept that consistent to have those impacts feel consistent. Right, you're essentially using the same language to express yeah, exactly. different thoughts and ideas. So, so let's talk about Awe Parts 1 mm. and 2. Um, why do you have the reprise of this one theme, this one song on the album? Uh, and and what, what changes there and why is that important? So if we look at, at those two tracks then, I think I initially had, was deciding whether that was going to be the start of the album 
uh, a, an interlude or the end. And I ended up writing two different versions, and I liked both of them. I felt that they really said the one thing that summed up everything. So we'll build it here to start everything off is also a similar vibe and variation to awe. The only difference there was that this was the starting point. This is what we're creating from this point. This is where we want to, this is our thesis, the outlook, the general outlook of, of life in general, uh, which is mm. why it is positive, which is why it's very uplifting. tracks are very neutral and and it's kind of overlaid by whoever listens to it okay so let's listen to awe part one And this is part two, Awe part two, uh, which I believe is the last track on the album. parts it could be very much a fully uplifting track and to others it's uh very content very neutral very comfortable and to others it's a little bit sad and and poetic and tragic in in some ways yeah that's interesting they they uh definitely the second version strikes me as a as a sadder one to me mm -hmm. and for me personally it is the very content and neutral it's forming these both mm. ideas and just being content with with how the world is and then at the same time being amazed by the entire universe of everything um sure. i think that the best way i can kind of describe it is where you feel completely connected to the universe 
and completely insignificant and small and it's just like you don't know how to comprehend it and that's the theme of both of the odd tracks is you just mm. don't know how to comprehend it and so it's just this process of going through it that's why it can be overlaid with with whatever you are feeling at that time i find those tracks are, are a perfect opportunity to infl- infuse the listener with this album I want to dig into the meat of one track. Okay. Uh, and I was thinking we could do that with Follow the Firefly Lanterns because yeah. that was the single mm-hmm. off of this album. And I think it's probably going to be the most recognized uh, from the listeners here. This track, I think it comes in a little bit backwards for me, just by how I produced it. So in the middle of the track, I I started this track out, I do this a lot for for my own benefit creatively and to really challenge myself in sound as as a whole. So the the challenge here was to create a Psytrance bass line and put acoustic guitar Mm. over it. And that Mm. you'll hear the, in the middle of the track, with with just the, the single loop. Um, where it's very minimal, it's just kind of chugging along in the middle of the track there. That is what I started with, and that was the challenge to create that bass line and everything. Everything else fit on top of it after the fact, and it came about with really the sound design um i had these these kind of flickering sounds to it and that inspired the world behind it then i had the the idea which we talked about before where this this path is kind of lit ahead of you 
and it's not a hundred percent lit up you know like you're still moving through the darkness essentially and you have this very faint light that you can can move by which is kind of just like how I have approached everything in in my career at this point where it just I know where I want to go I know the general idea but really I mean I've got to figure it out along the way and I, I wanted the weight behind that and the feeling and the energy that I have and convey that in the best way possible. It is the third track of the album, so you have the opening of We'll Build It Here, main thesis, Urban Monks, which covers the core concept, the world, and we're starting to build everything, and then the passion comes in and we push forward with the rest of the album. So I want to talk about Jerome. Yeah, absolutely. I think the intro is really interesting and really off-putting because it, it feels like a solid 30 seconds before the beat really drops and, and you feel any sort of grounding in this song. Yeah. fits into the world so it very much is about these these big machines that are controlled by ai part of the challenge was make sounds that sounded like these machines almost these mini sirens and all the little clicks and beeps but in a way that still felt musical and it still felt like an actual piece of music the title of the track is what really fascinated me so does drone refer to you know, just the noises that are really present within the song, the drones themselves, or is there is there something more behind that? Yeah, well, there's definitely more. What really influenced me on this track was, I, I think it was an article right around the time with the United States talking about all of these drones and the drone attacks. And so that was kind of the political influence, but it was about the kids who lived in these countries that were living in fear of these drone attacks and talking about how blue skies would terrify them because they knew the drones could attack in clear skies. Hmm. Blue skies, which are normally such a universal symbol of happiness and, and inspiration, to them are kind of the symbol of fear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you have you have Above and Beyond doing, you know, blue sky action as, as a track, and it's this uplifting piece of music, because this was right around the same time that that track came out. I really wanted to explore that. So that's why there's this, this uneasiness to the sound design at the start of it. What about the next track, Oil in the Veins? Mm -hmm. Talk about sound design. I mean, like the whole everything there is just it's such a su such rich textures that i feel like are just flying around in there what was the inspiration behind that one so this was just about 
coming up with the coolest sound I could. The reason why the track is so short is just I couldn't figure out a way to extend it without it being boring. <laughs> really, it, this had this texture that literally felt, you know, like I had this really thick, viscous blood, basically putting it into the future, this organic-infused cyberpunk, it fit with that world, too, with augmenting ourselves with, say, having mechanical arms or an exoskeleton. Where, what, like, what is the unified story behind all of this? Or, or are you keeping some secrets so you can keep, you know, expanding uh, the world here? Honestly, I don't know if I'm keeping secrets, but I'm definitely still exploring it myself. This is definitely the starting point. This is why it is titled the way it is and, and explored in so many different genres is because I really don't know where to take it. What about a remix album of this one? That's actually not possible. <laughs> I, I have some incredibly terrible news in that I, uh, I lost all of the project files for this album. So this is 100% this is standalone work. How did you lose the project files for an entire album? So I, I didn't lose everything. It was only one specific folder across three hard drives, which happened to be in my project files folder. Oh my God. How does that happen? <laughs> I Believe me, I'm still trying to figure this out. Cloud storage, I didn't fully have set up. So I had all of my essentials for, you know, my logo and the rest of my work. Um, say, for example, like the entire album, like the masters and everything. And that was all in cloud storage. But I didn't have all of it, all of the project files mm. and everything. It's an incredible mess. And of course, I designed the album to be so unique with the sound design that no one could ever recreate it. And unfortunately, that also includes <laughs> me. So <laughs> this is a perfect, beautiful piece of uh, uniqueness that will never, ever be recreated or remixed. Yeah, well, that's that's what's so cool about it. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's terrible that you can't, you know, you no longer have these if you ever do want to go and, you know, mm -hmm. revisit the beginnings of these tracks. But at the same time, you know, it's so rare that we don't have copies of things these days. And it, it's kind of amazing and beautiful to me that this is your your work and you're done with it. You know, yep. you, you've made your statement and no one no one can touch it now. Mm -hmm. And and the funny thing is I, I really held back on creating remix packs and uh, and doing this until after the album was done because I really wanted to have some space in between it. <laughs> I was I was wondering why there wasn't <laughs> there were any remixes of these songs. They seem so juicy. Yeah, and it yeah, it has nothing to do with, you know, face of the uh or sorry, it has nothing to do with the the faith in in the album from the label or it didn't sell well enough or anything because I mean it did really well. You know, it, it charted in in six different genres like you mentioned in the intro and bio there. Yeah, what like what's the story there? like what what were these six genres that you managed to uh conquer uh let's see so we had uh electronica uh chill out trance progressive house glitch hop and dubstep wow yeah. <laughs> man that is a that is a truly strong long reach what what do you think of yourself as if you have to tell people if you introduce yourself you're going to a producer's meetup mm -hmm. and you tell them you make what kind of music what I go by now is just melodic electronic. Oh, I like that. That is the best way to describe what I do because the genres are not there and it's so unique to what I do and specific tracks will fit in certain genres. As a whole, it's just I do melodic electronic. I get most of my influence from trance and progressive house uh, and these days glitch hop um, oh, cool. in terms yeah. of the rhythmic elements. So it's a lot, of, I'll just say trance and glitch hop are usually the, the two things that I'm combining. 
And uh, since you mentioned your your evolving taste in music and your evolving inspirations, mm-hmm. uh, who who are you really obsessed with now? Let's see. So for the, for the album itself, I think that the the two people that really took hold were. Andrew Bear mm. and Seven Lines. Mm. Like Seven Lines was doing a lot of of different work. I mean, he was putting out. This was after he was doing Trance Step, and then all of a sudden dives into these very weird genres. Like uh, Lucy came out. I don't oh, know if man. you've heard that track. Yeah. incredible track yeah. and just very different very trippy totally yeah um which is psytrance but it's at 128 i think oh, like oh it's, huh. it's it's slowed down and psytrance is at 140 uh-huh. right so it was this once again these combinations of these very broad things like these two ideas that are smashed together let's let's do psytrance at 128 um and then andrew bear as the other guy for the inspiration there i mean yeah talk about a versatile producer yeah i mean i'm looking right now at at his album that's uh sitting right here with uh if it were you we'd never leave oh yeah that's my favorite album of all time and that's and that's so different than his than his dance music yeah You know, that, that album actually changed my opinion of him because up until I heard that album, I had felt that his, his dance songs were pretty formulaic and, and just didn't really resonate with me. And then I heard that album and I realized it wasn't because he can't break beyond that. You know what I mean? Like he was yeah. making deliberate choices and it and it's totally different. It's atmospheric. It's got all these bells going on and all these slow, slow kind of jams and beats on it a lot of sampling from what i heard from that i mean they had a they had a field day over at anjuna trying to to license everything (laughs) because he just made the tracks and then they were like oh we got to figure this out after the fact (laughs) yeah Um, and then and then he's so versatile with the uh like as a pianist just being able to play all of those piano parts and really have it as live recording in in Mm. these amazing studios uh from from what i recall it's all um actual recordings of that piano Okay, so before I let you go, uh, I just wanted to ask quickly, what what's next from you? So, I'm still doing a monthly set on Silk Music Showcase. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, I would highly recommend you check that out. I'm doing something, what I find, I feel very passionate about what DJs should be doing with their mixes. I'm, I'm putting, within the hour, I mean, I'm putting in 50 tracks wow. uh, on average. <laughs> and all kinds of cuts and edits and mashups and just putting a whole bunch of work into into what I'm doing. And I think it's really a piece of work on its own. It's not a journey. It's just a compilation album that I'm doing every month mm. with the music that inspires me. Mm. But it's free and it's on the radio. <laughs> and, and so how can people find it? 
Uh, so that you can go to silkmusicshowcase.com uh, and there's a SoundCloud playlist there. There's also downloads if you want it. You can subscribe to iTunes. I believe it's around 70 uh, or maybe even 60 at this point on all of iTunes, which uh, we're all very, very proud of. That is really um, cool. Congratulations. And, uh, yeah, thank you. And so there's it's me and uh, five other hosts with regular guest hosts and um, and residents and, and artists that come on. And then my own original work. So I have a couple singles. I know I have I have one single that's uh, that's signed and, and will be coming out. And uh, I believe cool. also a remix that I'm working on. Uh, I got to start in a couple of days here. So Ooh, that's and, exciting. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, I'm working on a, a new album and I promise I will continue <laughs> with uh with working hard and, and coming out with projects because I just can't stop myself. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we'll have to check in with you uh, after that next album comes out. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, how can people find you online? I mean, SoundCloud is obviously the place to be. Um, for if you're especially if you're discovering my music or radio shows, everything's on there, and that's just SoundCloud.com slash Jason Andell. Uh, I think it's Jason.Andell would be my Facebook. I have the page and then I actually just join my personal page. Honestly, if you want to friend me on that, I don't have any problem with that. Uh, everything else is just like at Jason Andel. So. All right, cool. Yeah. And you can find the EDMist blog at the EDMist.co. You can find me on Twitter at the EDMist and on Snapchat at also the EDMist. Thanks for being on Jason. This was really awesome. And it's great, to, great talking to us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's it's awesome that uh and thanks once again for, you know, the one of the the top 5 albums of 2015. I really appreciate it. Of course, I wouldn't have put it there if I didn't think it was uh totally deserving. Oh, thank you so much. So, uh I've picked a song to one of your songs off uh off of uh Urban Monks to go add on and that's one we didn't talk about, but I totally love and it's got a great groove and a great happy vibe and that is Laughing Buddha. Mm. So, uh we'll go out on that. All right. Thanks, Jason. Thank you so much.